RTHK, the news at 11 with Andrew Shirovsky. Tonight's headlines. A former Australian High Court judge is appointed as a non-permanent judge of the Court of Final Appeal. The director of the State Council's Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office urges the SAR to amend statutes to align them with the national security law. And the government adopts the mainland's interpretation of what PCR test results mean. A former Australian High Court judge, Patrick Keane, has been appointed as a non-permanent judge of the Court of Final Appeal. Damon Pang has this report. We'll bring that audio. The latest appointments pending the Legislative Council's approval would increase the number of non-permanent judges on Hong Kong's highest court to 11. Mr Keane, who is 70, retired from Australia's High Court in October last year after spending more than nine years there. Chief Executive John Lee said the presence of esteemed overseas jurists manifests the independent exercising of judicial power in the SAR as protected by the basic law. He also described Mr Keane as a judge of eminent standing and reputation. The ten current non-permanent judges on the Court of Final Appeal come from the United Kingdom, Australia and Canada. The Chief Justice Andrew Zhang also welcomed Mr. Keane's appointment, saying an extra judge will provide greater flexibility in dealing with the caseload of the top courts. Xia Bao Long, the director of the State Council's Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office, has told the SAR to proactively amend local laws to align them with the national security law. Speaking at a seminar in Beijing, he said the security law had an overriding effect on Hong Kong legislation. When the National People's Congress Standing Committee enacted the Hong Kong National Security Law, it gave it the overriding effect and stipulated that it should be applied first. The SAR should take the initiative to amend and improve local legislation so that it's kept in organic unity with the national security law. This is to protect national security and Hong Kong's prosperity. Mr. Shah also spoke about the recent interpretation of the national security law by the National People's Congress Standing Committee, which gave Chief Executive John Lee the power to bar foreign lawyers from national security cases, removing the decision from Hong Kong's courts. Legal scholar Albert Chen, also a member of the Basic Law Committee, says the interpretation at this stage only requires the legal practitioner's ordinance to be revised. I think the only law that may have to be revised after the National Security Committee has considered the matter is the legal petitioner's ordinance. So the question that has arisen is whether overseas lawyers can be or should be admitted to practice in national security cases. I believe that the National Security Committee will deliberate and decide on this matter and, uh, and then propose necessary amendments to the uh, Legislative Council. He also says he disagrees with restricting the rights of foreign lawyers or barristers who have already been fully qualified to practice in Hong Kong to take on national security law cases. The government has decided to adopt the same interpretation of COVID-19 PCR test results as the mainland. That means from next week, people with a low viral load will be deemed not to have the virus at all, as Priscilla Ng reports. Health authorities announced in a statement that from Monday, any PCR test result with a CT value of 35 or above will be defined as negative. A higher CT value indicates a lower viral load. The Center for Health Protection said the change is being made in view of the fact that many people with a low viral load are unlikely to spread COVID. 
Officials said, in light of the new definition, people who have a CT value of 35 or higher won't be required to undergo isolation. Those already in isolation who find they are deemed uninfected under the new policy will be told by text message that they can go out again. Officials said the change in the interpretation of test results will help society return to normal, but since rapid antigen tests do not indicate CT values and are less sensitive than PCR tests, anyone found to be positive via a rat test still has to report their infection to the authorities and isolate at home or at a government facility. People planning to travel to the mainland were also reminded that they have to pay for a PCR test in the 48 hours before their trip, and anyone with a CT value lower than 35 won't be allowed to cross the border. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is now five minutes past 11. Ricky Chu, a government contractor who runs several COVID testing centers in Hong Kong and who is also an adjunct associate professor at Chinese University's School of Biomedical Science, says the decision on viral loads was sensible and reasonable. He said the change wouldn't increase the time it takes for labs to send out test results or add to laboratories' workload or operating costs. Everything's are being automated and uh, and, and uh, simply we are changing the standard where uh, the test results are being positive or negative. So if you think about that, actually our workload is lesser because in before any positive result, we need to do double check, uh, triple check to ensure the result is a true positive result before we give the report back to the citizens or to the government. But now since anything that is 35 and above, we can consider them as negative, meaning that we actually reduce. Uh, the workload in the lab. Health officials reported 8,260 new COVID infections today, of which 228 were imported. Another 71 patients with COVID have died. The chairman of the hospital authority, Henry Fan, says he's very concerned about two public doctors being charged with manslaughter over their treatment of a patient who suffered from acute liver failure before her death more than five years ago. As Priscilla Ng reports, Health Secretary Lo Chong Mao also said he was worried the case might affect the morale of both public and private sector doctors. Police said the 44-year-old woman was treated by the pair at a hospital in Kuntong from January to February 2017. The woman, understood to be Tang Kui Zi, allegedly had to receive a liver transplant as a result of the care she received, but died in August that year after undergoing two operations. The two doctors are due to appear before Eastern Court on January the 16th. In an internal letter to hospital authority staff, Henry Fan said the authority is providing all the help it can to the doctors, including legal assistance. He said they will continue to be paid while suspended from their original clinical duties. The hospital authority chairman stressed that the HA attaches great importance to the case and had expressed its condolences to the patient's family. Health Minister Lo Chung Mao, meanwhile, said he's saddened by the prosecution of the two doctors. In a government statement, he said he and other HA senior management are very concerned about the case, especially the situation of the pair and the feelings of all staff. Professor Lo stressed he very much understands the worries of both public and private doctors that they may inadvertently breach the law while providing everyday treatment, saying that would affect the sector's professional development and overall service efficiency. As the health minister, the HA management and I will do our best to ensure medical staff can continue to treat people professionally under a system and an environment that they can feel at ease, he said.
A top Chinese epidemiologist has been quoted by mainland media as saying the peak of Chinese COVID-19 wave will soon swell over the vast countryside, where medical resources are relatively scarce. Zheng Guang also said the peak can be expected to last two to three months, as Natalie Ching reports. Last month, Beijing abandoned its strict antivirus regime of mass lockdowns that fueled protests across the country in late November and finally reopened the mainland's borders last Sunday. The dismantling of restrictions unleashed the virus on the nation's 1.4 billion people, although state media says more than a third of them live in regions where infections are already past their peak. But according to a report published in local media outlet Taishin, Dr. Zhang says the worst of the outbreak is not yet over. The former chief epidemiologist at the Chinese Center for Disease Control and Prevention said the priority focus of battle against COVID has been on the large cities. He says it's now time to focus on rural areas. Dr. Zhang said a large number of people in the countryside, where medical facilities are relatively poor, are being left behind, including the elderly, the sick and the disabled. Hundreds of millions of people travel to their hometowns for the Lunar New Year holidays, which officially start on January the 21st. The World Health Organization this week warned of the risks stemming from holiday traveling. The UN agency said China was heavily underreporting COVID deaths, although it's now providing more information on its outbreak. Mainland health authorities had been reporting five or fewer deaths a day over the past month, but long queues have been seen at many funeral homes. The country has not reported COVID fatalities data since Monday, saying it would be now issued monthly. The National Health Commission has reported just over 5,000 COVID deaths since the pandemic began, one of the lowest fatality rates in the world. Investigations into a fatal crowd crush in Seoul last October have ended without recommendations that senior officials face punishment. Instead, a final report refers 23 lower-level officials for prosecution. 159 people died in the crush during Halloween festivities in the popular Itaewon Entertainment District. The BBC's Nick Marsh reports. This police report is really the first official uh, view on what happened on that terrible night here in Itaewon and how it was allowed to happen. And the short answer is a severe lack of planning. No plan was put in place for large crowds here for Halloween. No plans for crowd control. And then when things did get dangerous, the emergency response was far, far too slow. In Japan, the suspect in the assassination of former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe has been officially charged more than six months after his death in Nara. A court there said Tetsuya Yamagami was charged with murder and violating a gun law. The man who ruled Kazakhstan for the first three decades of his independence has had the status of his wealthy family further reduced. Nursultan Nazarbayev retained political influence after stepping down in 2019 while his three daughters were granted immunity. All this has now been revoked by Parliament as well as his honorary title of Head of the Nation. The BBC's Sasha Schlichter reports. Nursultan Nazarbayev ruled Kazakhstan for the first three decades of its independence. His surprise departure in 2019 was conditioned on his three billionaire daughters retaining immunity. Today's law will allow the state to freeze their assets if they're suspected of a crime. 
A year ago exactly, Kazakhstan descended into bloody chaos, triggered by protests over fuel prices. President Tokayev violently suppressed the riots while doing little to contradict rumors that had been fermented by his predecessor's clan. Ukraine's defense minister says he's confident Western countries will supply tanks, jets and other long-range weapons needed to defeat Russia. Alexei Reznikov said there'd been a change of stance among countries that previously saw such assistance as escalatory, and Ukraine was now being treated as a de facto member of the NATO alliance. Mr. Reznikov claimed Russia's military losses were far greater than those of Ukraine. I would say that in this direction, uh, the losses is critically less than the losses of the enemy. For example, if we lost 50 person, they lost 500. Every day, uh, the losses of uh, Russian armed forces and uh, private uh, military company, approximately five or 600 killed in action, plus wounded. And to sport now, here's the BBC's John Bennett with a look at some of the big games to look forward to in this weekend's English Premier League football. After the drama of the FA Cup third round, it's back to Premier League action for English football's biggest teams, and there are two huge derbies. In Manchester, United host City at Old Trafford, with the Reds looking to continue an impressive turnaround in their form. Since they suffered a humiliating 6-3 defeat to Man City in October, they've only lost one of their last 18 games in all competitions, and they're on a run of eight wins in a row. So hopes are high amongst the United fans that they can give Pep Guardiola's side a real test. City, though, will be as tough to beat as ever as they look to chase down Premier League leaders Arsenal, who have their own very tense derby this weekend. They're five points clear at the top of the table going into the North London grudge match against Tottenham. England captain Harry Kane is on the verge of becoming Tottenham's all-time scorer. He needs just one goal to equal the record set by Jimmy Greaves of 266 goals. Elsewhere, there are some key games between struggling teams as Everton hosts Southampton, Wolves play West Ham and Leicester travel to Nottingham Forest in an East Midlands derby. And a look at the weather. Mainly cloudy, foggy with one or two rain patches, warm with sunny periods tomorrow. Temperatures will range between 22 and 26. Light to moderate south to southwesterly winds. The outlook, mainly cloudy with winds strengthening from the north and temperatures falling appreciably on Sunday. There will be some cold mornings next week. Temperatures around 11 or 12 degrees, but it'll be dry and bright. Temperature right now is 23 degrees Celsius. Relative humidity, 88%. And a reminder of our top stories tonight, a former Australian High Court judge is appointed as a non-permanent judge of the Court of Final Appeal. The director of the State Council's Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office urges the SAR to amend statutes to align them with the national security law. And the government adopts the mainland's interpretation of what PCR test results mean. That's the news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 It's twilight time Out of the mist your voice is calling Tis twilight time When purple colored curtains mark the end of day I'll hear you, my dear, at twilight time and to one and all, welcome and thanks for tuning in to Twilight Time, Mondays to Fridays at 11.15 through to midnight, 45 minutes 
of music just to chill out and relax to. If you'd like a song, it's Radio Pete at Gmail. First one for you tonight is a rather special one with Elvis and Lisa Marie Presley. Together at last at twilight time. Yeah. Today I stumble from my bed crashing in my head, my pillow's still wet from last night's tears. And as I think of giving up, a voice inside my coffee cup kept crying out, ringing in my ears. Let it be love again. Let it be love again. 
Small. 